Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's February 19th, 2021, and this is episode 280. You are invited to join me and my dear friend and longtime co-host Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com as we do what we have been doing so well for so many years now, and that is utterly humiliating ourselves with our realest and truest confessions. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. We hope you know that you have found your way to the most awesome community of women that exists on the whole internet right now. You can find our community all over the place, you guys, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. If amazing women are gathering there, then you know that you can find Sorta Awesome there too. If you found your way here from our daily podcast, Awesome Today, well, Welcome, Awesome Today fam, to Sorta Awesome. Rebecca, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I <laughs> had to really hold back and bite my tongue. I just about busted up laughing at the intro that you gave. <laughs> it's so accurate. Yes. So I went back and looked through our show notes. The first time that I can track that you and I did this thing where we were like, you know what, what's the most embarrassing things that we're doing right now? Let's share it with everyone. I do believe our first time to do that was episode 37, helpful PSAs and a collection of confessions. That was December of 2015. Oh my gosh. What's yeah. With us? And that's back when we were, I don't know, more optimistic, a little bit more ignorant, uh-huh. where we thought we'll uh-huh. just splice in a few confessions. We'll have these other things that we'll talk about, but surely we don't have enough for just an entire episode. <laughs> Fast forward, how many episodes later? Yeah. Yes, this is, yes. we live mortifying lives and we share about it on we the do. internet. <laughs> we have come to embrace it so that we could share it with you guys. I would like for all of you awesomes who are listening to know that when Rebecca and I were planning this episode, we were kind of going back and forth in our Slack channel, planning it out. I was like, I think maybe we could do like three each. And you said, I mean, I have enough for six. Why am I like this? <laughs> exactly. Why do why? I have so much to confess? Why am I confess. like this? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm excited to dig into them. We have some good ones. You know, sometimes you just got to laugh at yourself. And that's just what it comes down to. So we are going to be sharing with you some confessions, you know, just like some of the silly stuff that we're Maybe we shouldn't share. Maybe we're oversharing, but here we are. We're going to do it anyway, again. So we are going to get to all of those confessions here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, well, welcome to Awesome of the Week. It's the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, a podcast, a movie, a product, just something that's getting us through these days. Rebecca, what do you have for Awesome of the Week this week? My Awesome of the Week is an Instagram account, and it is run by Sharon McMahon. She is a former American government teacher, and now she jokes that she teaches government 
on the internet. <laughs> okay, pretty cool. And she's doing a fantastic job. So her account has been blowing up. As of today, she has 495,000 followers. And I know that just- Oh, a, dang. Yes. And just a few weeks ago, she only had 200,000. So- <gasps> Whoa! She is really, really exploding, and I am shocked. I have 50 of my people that I follow on Instagram. You know how you can go to someone's account and see who you follow that also follows them? 50 people that I follow on Instagram are also following her. I don't know if I have ever come across an account that had that much crossover. And it's all different kinds of people that are following her and learning from her. So her big thing is that she does a breakdown of everyday's headlines, and then she posts a question box for people to share their questions. What do they want to know about? And she's all about doing what she calls a fact revolution. She's like, listen, people have all kinds of opinions, and you get your feelings hurt about all kinds of opinions, but we're not sharing opinions here. We are sharing facts. And you can base your opinions Loving it. on facts, and that's good, but we need to be basing them on facts and not on just feelings or misinformation. So she really started blowing up around the time of the election. Everybody wanting to know about the results of the election. Why do we even have the Electoral College? What does that exactly does that mean? And then, of course, as 2021 has started to really blow up with some crazy political stuff, people are like, please, can you explain to me what impeachment means? And I have to right. admit, this is a confession. I have learned <laughs> so much from her. So much. Like, please, please talk to me like I am a child and very clearly explain this to me. And that's what she does all day long, every day on Instagram stories. Awesome. She really prides herself in being nonpartisan, so she's not sharing what political affiliations she has or who she supports or votes for. And I think that's really important in terms of being an educator. She does something that's really unique sometimes where she will poll people and say, if you identify as Republican or as Democrat, how do you feel about fill-in-the-blank issue. And then she'll share what people are saying from those different perspectives. And that can be really helpful and insightful to hear. Plus, she has raised enough money to pay off $50 million worth of medical debt. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I know. I have chills. I watched her the day that she like did this. I don't know what kind of fundraising account she was using, but the tallies just kept coming in and coming in and coming in. And she was crying like all day <laughs> that day in stories. Mm, yes. And I got teared up. I was getting goose. I'm getting teared up just thinking about it. <laughs> her goal is to really use her account and use her community for good. After the insurrection, she felt led to encourage people to send thank you notes to those who had to clean up the Capitol building. <sighs> and they were yes. flooded with thousands of thank you letters, all from her followers. She's just really doing some amazing things with raising money, raising support, educating. Plus, she really likes some wildlife. And she will <laughs> frequently throw in some little whale facts or bald eagle facts. She did like this whole little deep dive into narwhals. I mean, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Plus she's from Minnesota and every once in a while she throws in a really thick Minnesota accent. And I'm telling oh gosh, you, that's so I love her. I really have learned a lot from her as somebody who has admittedly put my head in the sand about a lot of things politics related. This has been a helpful explanation for me on, you know, all the crazy that's been going around. So I highly recommend checking her out. I don't think I actually said the name of her account. I haven't yet. The account is... I don't think you did. So I was going to say, let's say it again. (laughs) (laughs) The account is Sharon Says So. So it's her first name, Sharon Says, S-A-Y-S. So Sharon Says So on Instagram. And all the drama, all the goodness, the whole fact revolution, that all takes place in her Instagram stories. So that's where you want to be checking her out. Okay, I'm sold. I'm obsessed already. I don't know how I wasn't following her, except that I've been a little lazy about Instagram for a little while. But I will see your 50 common followers, Rebecca. I just looked it up. I have 195 accounts that I follow, follow Sharon as well. And now I'm following her too. Yes. So obviously I've been sleeping on this amazing part of Instagram. I am not anymore. I am now following her. I am obsessed with what she is doing. That is so brilliant. Now she has like millions of stories every single day. Don't get too overwhelmed. Just like consume what you feel like and then move on. But that is a little warning. That and sometimes it's random whale content. So that's your (laughs) warning about Sharon says so. I love, let's add that as a standard content warning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, so great. We'll put a link to her Instagram in the show notes. Thank you, Rebecca. That's awesome. I didn't know this. We're kind of like, we have some silly stuff to talk about for our confessions, but both of us chose some kind of like ethical and responsible things to share in Awesome of the Week this week, because my Awesome of the Week is a brand new series that just dropped this week on PBS. It is called The Black Church, and it's hosted by Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. He is a noted Harvard scholar and has hosted various things for PBS in the past, exploring Black culture, African-American culture in our country. So this is a four-part series. Like I said, it just came out this week, and I have only just watched the first part of it because it's so brand new, but I am already in love with this series. So here is the context for the series. Again, it's called The Black Church. The subtitle is This Is Our Story, This Is Our Song. It is sort of, Rebecca, you could say at the intersection of religion and politics and culture, particularly focused on the lens of how that's experienced in America and especially in Black culture. So I would say, even if you are not religious, even if you are not a person of color, if you're not part of Black community and culture, this is still absolutely fascinating storytelling and an incredibly important subject to dig into, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of religion and politics and culture. So the beginning part of the series really examines how in the earliest years in America, if you think about it, when Africans were being brought to this country, enslaved, there were 50 ethnic groups that were represented in the slave trade from Africa to North America. Did you know that? 50. I mean, I didn't, but it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of countries in Africa. Yes, a lot of countries, a lot of people groups, a lot of cultures. 
I think that sometimes we kind of tend to lump it all together as just like, okay, Africans were enslaved and brought over here as if they came from one like identity, you yes. know? Or how many times have you heard somebody say, oh, I went on a missions trip. Where did you go? I went to Africa. And they say it as if that's the name of the country. Oh, really? There's like a lot of different places in Africa. Yes. Where did you go? <laughs> exactly. So the beginning of the Black church really explores how these people that were coming from all of these different backgrounds, cultures, different languages, were coming together and over time kind of forged into becoming one new sort of people group and how the church then became this cultural sort of like meeting center for them. It served as a place where people would secretly be learning how to read and write. It was illegal for slaves to learn how to read and write in most cases, but they would secretly be able to do this and they would have the Bible to use to like memorize and repeat those passages back and learn how to write out parts of scripture and continues on to talk about how Christianity itself spoke of liberation for the people who were enslaved, for Black people who had been brought over here. And yet at the same time, Christianity was being used to enforce narratives and slave structures for white people who were slaveholders at the time. So it kind of explores that tension. And then it goes on to talk about like the role women played in all of this and how they were beginning to discover their voice in a new context. So it goes all the way through slavery. Then it goes through, you know, the Civil War, through Reconstruction and into the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s and how over time the church transitioned from being a place of like, you know, sort of bringing people together, educating people, supporting people, helping them to pave a way for liberation and for freedom, then to being the center for social activism in the 60s. And then continues on into examining how the church interacts with Black culture today. So, you know, a lot of times these PBS series are just so incredible. The scope that they are able to cover, the people that they bring in for commentary, the scholars, all of it. I love a PBS production. I am such a nerd. I will admit it right now. <laughs> but I just have to highly, highly recommend The Black Church on PBS. Again, even if you're not a Christian or if you are not a Black person living in our country right now, you will find some meaningful understanding of this part of our country and our culture through this series. So again, it's on PBS. I hope that you'll be able to find it pretty easily on your local PBS station. It sounds so good. Is PBS one of the stations that you can pick up through Hulu too? I think so. And I do think sometimes too that you can find some PBS programming through Amazon. Okay. PBS being public broadcasting, even if you don't have any streaming services, sometimes you can find it just like locally, just by tuning your TV in. Like if you have one of those sort one of, of those what old are they called? TVs that yeah, you can watch things live on. <laughs> exactly. So there's that. So it should be pretty easy to access because it is public broadcasting, but I'll definitely leave a link so you can check it out with your local PBS station. So oh, it sounds so good. so good. Thank you so much, Meg, for that. Yes, loving it. Okay, so those are our awesomes of the week this week. Of course, we want to hear what is awesome in your life right now, this middle of February. Many of us are just trying to find some consistent electricity and internet service. Those of us who are in the Midwest that have impacted by these crazy winter storms, but wherever you are, whether you're in the U.S., whether you are 
outside of the U.S. We want to hear what's awesome in your life. So come and find us on Instagram. You can find us over there at Sorta Awesome Show. We would love to hear about what's awesome in your life. And you know, we have Lori Lynn, our new social media director over there, and she is creating so much fun stuff for us on Instagram. So she absolutely is. She's making Instagram great again for the awesomes. So go find us there. But we'd also love to have you in our Facebook community in our hangout. So you can go over to facebook.com slash group slash sorta awesome hangout. Find us there. We would love to have you join our community there. Of course, we talk about awesome the week on Fridays, but we are always talking about all kinds of good stuff in there every day of the week. So Rebecca, you and I, we've got some confessions. We've been saving them up. We're here to spill the tea on ourselves. And we will do that when we come back in just a few minutes. Okay, Awesomes, you know, a few years ago on Sorta Awesome, we had an episode all about the 10 friends that every woman needs. And I told you, I think everybody needs a freezer friend, somebody who knows everything that's in your freezer, somebody you tell all the details of your daily life to. Well, today, instead of becoming my freezer friends, I want you guys to become my Grove friends. My family has been Grove collaborative customers for years and years, even longer than you've been listening to Sorta Awesome. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. So here we go. If you want to be my Grove.co friend, I'll give you a little peek into my most recent Grove collaborative order. I got the Mrs. Myers hand soap and rainwater. It's my favorite Mrs. Myers scent ever. I grabbed another package of the Rooted Beauty Purifying Facial Towelettes. I love these things. My daughters love them. We go through them so quickly. Speaking of my daughters and myself, I picked up another box of the Sustain brand 100% certified organic cotton tampons. And of course, I love that with Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all of the natural goods that you need for you and your family. You can join over 2 million households like mine who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. For a limited time, when you awesomes go to grove.co slash awesome, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code. Go to grove.co slash awesome to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash awesome. Okay, you guys, with this crazy winter weather we've been having, we have lost power for stretches at a time. And even when the power came back on, we didn't have internet service. Thank goodness what we do have is an incredible library of children's books for our kids. Thank goodness our home library is even more awesome these days because of Literati Kids. Literati Kids is a subscription book club that sends five beautiful children's books to your door each month. All of them are handpicked by reading experts. Literati Kids has book clubs for children ages birth to 12, and each club has age-appropriate selections tailored to what your kiddo needs. It can be so tough to sort through the millions of kids' books that are released every year. You try to find rich, engaging stories for your child, it can be overwhelming, but Literati Kids takes care of that for you. Every month, you'll get a box of five expertly chosen kids' books with themes like mystery, adventure, STEM, history, these are soul-enriching books, handpicked by leaders in child education. In addition to these incredible books, your child's going to get artwork from world-renowned artists, personalized stickers, and other fun goodies all packed into each monthly box. You are not going to find this kind of expert curation of children's books anywhere else. Gift subscriptions are available for one, three, six, or 12 months of books. It's a great way to keep that holiday magic going all through 2021. We are absolutely obsessed 
with our books from Literati Kids. I just cannot tell you enough how incredibly awesome these book clubs are. So go to literati.com slash awesome for 25% off of your first two orders and pick your kids book club today. Remember, no one else has book clubs like these only at literati.com slash awesome. Can you get 25% off of your first two orders and receive five incredible kids books curated by experts delivered to your door every month. That's literati.com slash awesome. Okay, Rebecca, you ready? I am. Yes, I am ready. My confessions aren't completely mortifying this time. I think they'll be good. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys right now, one of mine is pretty mortifying. And even in this moment, even as we're minutes away from me getting to this, I'm like, should I say this? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's start with yours. Let's hear your first confession for this go round. Okay, so my first confession is about Facebook Marketplace. So you know I'm a huge fan of selling things on Facebook Marketplace. And Mm -hmm. about a year ago or so, my husband and I bought a new van. And when we traded in our old van, we forgot to take with us the one of the middle seats. You know how you can take the middle seat out in between in the second row of a van? You know how that seat can come in and out? We we forgot to take that one with us. And so I had it in our basement. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I feel almost bad. Like we should have taken it as part of the trade-in. And one of my friends said, oh, we did the exact same thing. We sold it on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, wait, what? You did? They're like, yeah, we actually got a decent amount of money for it. I was like, okay, well. What? Yes, sign me up. That's exactly what I want to do. So I looked, I tried to figure out, you know, what make and model it would work for. I took some pictures of it. I cleaned it up. I searched Facebook Marketplace, compared what other people were selling things for. And I was like, I'm going to list this at $100 and see what happens. Well, Mm -hmm. right away, a man messaged me and said that he would take 50. And I was like, well, excuse me, sir. I like literally just listed this. I'm not really in the bargaining <laughs> stage, let alone for you to bargain me down by half. That's by like half was his opening offer. <laughs> right. And so I told him as much. I said, well, I just listed it. So I don't think I'm interested in your offer. And he said, well, if you change your mind in a few days, message me back. And something about that seemed a little cocky to me. And I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> So I vowed to myself that I was not going to message this man back and take his offer. And instead, I most certainly will not. But thank you. (laughs) So instead, it did not sell and it did not Uh sell. And I'm lowering the price and lowering the price. And eventually I lower it to $75. And I'm like, this is a reasonable amount to sell this for based off of market value. And I start getting some offers. And a couple other people also offered me $50. And I was just irritated because of gentleman number one. So anyway, I was going back and forth in my messages with Facebook with somebody. And he was trying to lower the price again. And I, at one point, told him, I was like, listen, this is as low as I'm going to go. And then I thought to myself, I waited about 10 minutes. I was like, well, this is dumb. I just want this thing out of my dining room. Like, why do I care if I lose out (laughs) on 10 more dollars? It's just like that first guy got me so riled up about how I priced this 
and feeling insecure. And I think a little bit because it was like a car part, I felt a little like, I don't know, maybe I was being taken advantage of or not being respected with my pricing. I was taking it really personal. So I thought to myself, Rebecca, would you pay $10 to not have this thing sitting in your dining room? Well, yes, yes, you would. Like lower the price by $10. You're going to make money on it. It'll be gone. And then you don't have to deal with it anymore. I just told him that was as low as I could go. And I didn't want to like look like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to look like a flake. So I thought, Uh well, but if I say that my husband says it's okay to lower the price, that makes it sound like somebody else gave me permission. But there's no way on God's green earth I am telling this man that my man says it's okay to take it for less money. (laughs) Yes. I lied and I said, my wife says it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did not know where this story was going. I did not expect this plot twist right now. And I... I did all of this while sitting on the couch next to my husband, not consulting him about a single thing. Like no point involved him in any of the selling process. And I just thought to myself, okay, so he's either going to think that I'm a man using my wife's account or Mm -hmm. I'm a woman married to a woman. And I don't care what he thinks, just so long as I did not have to say, again, a lie because I did not (laughs) consult my husband, that a man told me, to lower the price. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so he accepted it. And then this hypocrite sitting right here said to my husband, okay, somebody's coming to buy this. I want you to deal with him. <laughs> you carry it outside for him. Normally we just do porch pickup for everything, but I think I ended up getting 60, $65 for it. And I was like, you know, something a little bit higher price. Like you carry it out, you take the money, you deal with it. And, oh my and gosh. You did. So I couldn't lower myself to say a man gave me permission, but I had no problem lying. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. You contain multitudes. There's so much going on here. I am laughing so much at this whole entire story, primarily at the fact that you were like, no, I just, I cannot force myself to go back and say, you know what? I just changed my mind. Here, you can have it. <laughs> like you, it, it did. It created some internal marketplace drama, it sounds like. Well, And the funny thing is, is I told my husband the story and I said, I got to the part, I thought to myself, it seems logical to say that my husband says it's okay to lower the price. Then I don't look like a flake. And he says, well, that doesn't sound like you. And I said, well, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) It's not like me. And so I lied. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My face hurts from laughing already. This is fantastic. I love it. Okay. Well, my first one is not anywhere near that funny, but it is something that is very quirky about me. And it's been a problem in the past. I thought I had conquered it, but no, it's back. So a long time ago, a long, long time ago, really, truly, probably back in 2015, when we were first creating Sort of Awesome for you guys, I shared, I think it was an episode with Laura Tremaine. We were talking about beauty stuff and I think it was like beauty confessions And I shared how I have, amongst other things, I think that's also the episode where I talked about how I can't polish my nails because of my nails will suffocate. Mm -hmm. So yes, 
All that heavy breathing that happens via the fingernails. Yep. <laughs> All of that oxygenation that comes into your body through your fingernails. It's science, Rebecca. Don't question it. <laughs> I think it was that same episode that I shared that I have pretty crippling beauty salon anxiety. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Because like Remember you don't go super often and so you feel like you're going to be judged. Yes. That's exactly what it was. I don't go as often as most hairstylists would like for you to come in to at least get your hair trimmed up. And so then I feel like they're going to be judging me. And this is all a lot of self-imposed shame. So then I had found a stylist at a salon just down the street. I love her. She's so nice. She's never judgy. Also, another thing that I always worry about because I do color my own hair at home. That's not a confession. That's just, I've been doing that forever. But I always am afraid that they're going to be, mm, you know, they might have higher standards for how your hair coloring turns out. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I would be nervous about that too. Yeah. So I just have all of these things. Again, this is completely coming from my own brain. No stylist has ever been snarky to me ever. No one has ever been like, oh, okay, you color your hair at home. Nobody. In fact, my stylist will often be like, I love your hair color. That looks so great on you. So anyway, for a while, I had reformed myself, Rebecca. I had put myself into remission from my salon anxiety because I had found this great stylist just down the street. Well, then I got pregnant with Nico. This was, you know, when I got pregnant with Nico was the end of the year 2018. And then, you know, you go into like this sort of pregnancy where life it gets a little bit off kilter. You don't do the things that you usually do. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> but I did not make a hair appointment the whole time that I was pregnant. Also, I do have this lingering thing in the back of my mind that it's like bad to smell all of the fumes in a salon. That's not science. That's something I just made up probably. Okay, so as a pregnant woman, you don't really love the idea of being at a salon. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. So I was pregnant through, you know, end of 2018 on into 2019. Nico was born in 2019. And then, well, now I've got a newborn. And now how do you even got this nursing baby? How do you even have time to go to the salon, right? You can't do anything. Right. Yeah, you can't do anything. Right. So then I had a new baby and well, then by the time Nico's nine months old, guess what happens? Pandemic. Salons are closed for a good long time around here. And so before I knew it, it had been like two years since I had been to the salon. And then all of a sudden, Rebecca, here comes that salon anxiety again. And I am just like, I can't make myself even... Now, you know, Nico like goes to daycare and I could totally go during the day and get a haircut, but the salon anxiety came back full force. And so all of this came to a conclusion for me in this moment yesterday, when I found myself asking, not Kyle, who has done many at-home haircuts for me. We're also completely snowed in. Nobody's leaving, going anywhere right now, but my hair had gotten so long. See, I was trying to grow my hair out like yours, genuinely. Rebecca, your hair looks so good. You're rocking the curly girl. Every time we hop on Zoom or I see you on stories, your hair looks amazing. So I was like, I can do that too. If Rebecca can have long curly going on. I can do that too. Well, mine had just gotten completely bonkers to where well, it was. two years, sure. Yeah. Good Lord, yes. I'd been trimming it up a little myself along the way, but it was getting worse and worse. 
it was getting so bad that AJ, my 13 year old, was like, Mom, yes. Wait, is that yes. asked to cut your hair? I did. She was like, um, Mom, your hair, can I help you? And I was like, Would you cut my hair for me? And she was like, Okay. We've done so many hair experiments with AJ since quarantine started. The green hair is only part of the story, you guys. We've done so much at home stuff. Then she was like, can I cut your hair? And I was like, okay. So after I took a shower, she got out our hair cutting scissors and just right across, just a complete straight cut. She probably cut six or seven inches off of my hair. Rebecca, I feel so much better. She did such a great job. No, (laughs) stop. Wait, and this gives you no anxiety? It like, gives me no anxiety. Your... What? <laughs> this isn't even your oldest child. Like, I'm not trying to age shame AJ or anything. But, you know, like frontal lobe development. Like, you didn't even choose the most mature one. I don't no. understand. Well, look, I don't want to be too share too many secrets about my children <laughs> on air. But when it comes to, how can I say this? I'll say this in terms of Myers-Briggs. Daisy is the most intuitive and lives in the realm of the intuitive. She has like 0% sensing going on. She's oblivious to so many things. AJ, on the other hand, is like 100% sensing. She pays attention to details. At her school, her school's an arts magnet school. She's a visual arts major. Like she understands how things should look way better than Daisy does. I I get that. I get that. So, okay. No. I, okay. I take it yeah. back. Um, still, this is surprising <laughs> I know, that the I know. actual salon, though, is like too much. <laughs> <laughs> because, Meg, how are you going to break out of the cycle? Because now the next time that you go, you're going to have your own hair dye at home and a haircut from your 13-year-old as yes. like, what's going I know. on. I've really locked myself in to just being like, I'm either going to have to continue on this path for a while, or I'm just going to have to go back completely like, hello, it's me <laughs> back again. <laughs> I'm a mess. What can you do to this? <laughs> there you go. I think that's the path you need to take. And they're going to have so much grace with you. They don't care. It is true. And that's the thing I'm holding on to. I have to give you like a sort of bonus confession along with this. I told you, and I've said this before on the show, that Kyle had cut my hair a number of times when I was like at the peak of my salon anxiety. AJ did a better job than oh, Kyle did. So I know if you know Kyle, let's all not tell him that I said that. <laughs> but truly, I was like, AJ, this looks really good. You did a great job. Well, maybe so. you never have to go back. Mm, I kind of, I want to go back. Okay. I just got to push through, <laughs> got to push through the resistance make the appointment eventually, and get back to the slot. Yeah, let's not be crazy or anything. We're going to go back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, just send AJ to hairdresser school, oh. and then she could be my private stylist. That sounds like a winning solution right there. Oh, my yes. goodness. Okay, well, hey, my next confession. Oh, oh, goodness. Like, I just got icky feeling in my stomach. It goes right along with the issue of hair and Meg you don't even need to pretend like you don't know this one because you know right you know my family got lice during a socially distant pandemic (laughs) how the heck that happened oh my gosh my head is 
You're itching? My scalp is itching, <laughs> literally itching, just started itching, just thinking about it. How during social distancing did this happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, it must have happened at school. So disclosure, I'm not going to say which one of my kids got it. It's not important. But for the record, I said, can I talk about this on the podcast? And they were like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care at all. It doesn't bother me. Not one bit. And I kind of thought that maybe it would. So it doesn't. So that's great. Life happens across the board. It happens. There's so much stigma around it. We can feel so embarrassed about it. But the truth is, you're going to get lice once, twice, a couple of times in your life. It happens. Uh, okay. Well, we don't need to go that far. Twice, a couple of times. Let's just stick with the once. Have you? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was this you guys' first go around with lice? Yes. This was our first go around with lice. I do not need to do this oh again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, Rebecca, we've had lice three, four times. And my oldest is 16. So we've been doing this parenting thing for a while but it's not that unusual it, i know like we're not. like okay it's here not we go unusual again. okay the big confession is that it happened during a socially distant pandemic which does not make any sense now my kids are in school my older two but they're socially distant in school like they're not supposed to be within six feet of each other their desks are all spread apart i asked all the questions that you would ask like for some crazy reason, did you use a hairbrush at school? No. Did you try on somebody's hat? No. What, were you hugging? Were you hugging anybody at school? No, because like they're not allowed to touch each other. So I have no idea how this happened. So that's crazy. But yes, you're right. Lice happens. I don't want to experience it again, but we might. I don't really feel shame that we got lice. I think it's crazy that it happened during a pandemic. But one thing to know, and this might be <laughs> the biggest confession of all, is that we went to a professional lice removing service to have this lice taken care of. And I got to tell you, Meg, it was the best money I ever spent. I'm a cheap, Good. cheap woman, and I would pay this again and again. <laughs> You're over here haggling over the last $10 on your marketplace <laughs> selling. But when it comes to life, you will spare no expense. There is no cost too high. Listen, I agree with you. I've never done the professional treatment, so I literally want you to tell me everything. Okay, so here's the real truth, is that when I found the lice, because I found it, and I found it purely by random accident. Showers were happening, I was helping with blow drying hair, and I found a bug, and I kept it, and I looked it up, and I said to Nate, this looks like lice. <laughs> And we Googled ticks. I knew it wasn't a tick. Nate thought it was a tick. It was not a tick. We Googled fleas. Nope. It very much looked like lice. It was lice. So found it by accident. And I immediately went to the Sorta Awesome Hangout. <laughs> and I searched Good girl. for yes. lice threads. And I was looking for advice on like what products to get. I had another girlfriend who had experienced lice. And she was texting me a little bit about what products she used at home. And I was like, okay, this is just going to be my life for the next several hours, several days. This is what we're doing. But something that I consistently saw in the threads of the Hangout where they were talking about lice was that several people, many people were talking about these professional places to go. And people were like, ah, it's really expensive. They're like, it's worth every penny. And I noticed this theme that with every person who talked about using a professional place, that they all had positive things to say. 
nobody said we spent the money, but in hindsight, we could have taken care of it ourselves. We spent the money and it came back. We spent the money and we were dissatisfied for this or that. Nobody said that. Everybody said, worth it, worth it, worth it. So I was curious. So I Googled to see if there was a place nearby. And lo and behold, there was. It's not, it was like 15 minutes from our house. Super convenient. I looked at the pricing and I was like, oh, this is gonna be a lot. And I said to Nate, I said, Nate, this is a lot of money. And he said, no, it's not. It's not a lot of money. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to argue with you on that one. It's not a lot of money. I was like, oh, but it is. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. Okay, guys, my husband and I have joint accounts. (laughs) His money is my money. My money is his money. He said to me, don't worry, I'll pay for it in a way (laughs) that maybe like, A loving parent or grandparent might say to their adult child, let me take care of this for you. Let me help you out. I'm going to bail you out. You know, we want you to come home for Christmas. You can't afford the plane ticket. Honey, don't worry. I'll pay for it. (laughs) And you're like, okay, well, yeah, sure. That really helps. My husband says this to me from across the dinner table as if my money and his money is not the same money. (laughs) He says to me, don't worry. I'll pay for it. (laughs) Yes. He was trying to get you to release the guilt, I think, and just embrace that he's like, listen, we will do this. Yeah. Yes. My husband really likes to pay people who know what they're doing to do what they're good at. And it's something that I fight him on because in my frugal upbringing, if you can do it yourself, you do. But he has really helped taught me, you know, that your time is a value too. And why not pay somebody to do it better and faster than you can so that you can save your time for what you're good at? So I was still kind of going back and forth, but in the end, I just was like, oh man, it would just feel so good to not be thinking about this and to have a professional tell me exactly what to do. So Meg, Mm. I don't know what questions you have, but we went to the place and the entire family got checked. We had to pay for each person to be checked and then they would treat anybody who was affected. They only found lice on the one child. But I have to tell you, that check alone was $30. So that was $30 for each of us just for the check. But I looked at Nate and I said, you know what? I would pay $30 right now for somebody to tell me that I don't have lice. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. And my yes, hair is absolutely. so thick, so curly. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. my husband, but I don't know if I would have ever believed that I didn't have it if I didn't have a professional tell me. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding that the psychosomatic part of it is so real. When you are treating your home and kids and whoever for lice, you truly do, or I do, every time, spend so much time with my scalp itching and being like, oh my gosh, this is it. Did I just feel something crawling on my scalp? And and it's so true. You can have people check and look for you, but it's hard to trust if you have a professional whose literal job is checking scalps and hair. I have to think that that is worth every penny of reassurance. Yes, most definitely. So they put this stuff on our heads and then they used their really intense combs and they combed everybody out. I took the longest (laughs) because of all of this hair that's going on. And I tell you, I was so tense. (laughs) She would be very reassuring and she would say things to me every now and again. When I got up, I started like stretching and like 
pacing back and forth. And my daughter, she was there. She says to me, did you get sore sitting in that seat? I was like, no, I just, oh, I was just so tense. It's like, you know, the completion of the stress cycle. I was just like, I just yes. need to let it out. I just need to move my body. It was absolutely a tense moment. So they check all of us and then they start doing the treatment and they do the treatment on the child who has it. And they do all this comb out and they're explaining all this stuff to me. And then I have to buy this professional level stuff to go home and do treatments on all the rest of us. They give me a calendar and they say, okay, on day one, everybody's being treated. And then the one who has the lice is going to be treated on day four and day seven and day 12 or something like that. And the rest of you, you're going to do one more precautionary treatment on day 10. And they just gave me such detailed information. They told me how to clean. They told me what to put in. <laughs> they gave me advice for like what to wash and like put in the dryer for things that can't go in the dryer. I can put that in the freezer for things I can't put in the freezer or I don't need right away. I can bag it up and quarantine it for so many days. So I had like <laughs> things in my freezer. I had things in the dryer. I was vacuuming. And I didn't have to worry about it, though, because once I did all that, it was gone and it was done. Yes. I Good. didn't have to do I'm any so proud of you. myself. For those who want to know, I paid $410 to have my family of five checked and one person treated. Yeah. I would pay it again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you feel like on this end of it that it's like worth every penny? Worth every penny. I didn't have to doubt myself. I would have been doubting the entire time. Did I get it all? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this often enough? Is this the best product that I should be using? Is this comb like small enough? Did I miss a spot? I had somebody guide me through the whole process and it was amazing. Yeah, I'm so proud of you that you did this. I feel like especially for an Enneagram six, because sometimes sixes <laughs> struggle with making decisions, what, being confident. What do, what do we struggle with? <laughs> we have no struggles. Life is always good from the perspective of a six. There's nothing to be like worst case scenario about. If you're new to Enneagram, we can't make decisions and we always think the worst thing is going to happen. <laughs> Welcome to my mind dealing with lice. <laughs> I can't breathe. Okay, yes. That's why I'm so proud of you that on the front end of it, you were like, you know what? This is more than I have the capacity to deal with right now. We're a year into a global pandemic. And also, is this our first go around with lice? And just like from the beginning, you were like, if somebody could just help me get through this, I will pay. I'm really proud of you. That was a big step. And I'm glad it turned out so well. It did turn out really well. And yeah, I'm not ashamed that we had lice. Lice like clean hair more than they like dirty hair. So it's I think it has this mm. reputation of being like a dirty man's disease that's not even accurate or a dirty man's problem. Right. Anybody mm -hmm. can get it. Everybody can get it. I'm sorry for those who have PTSD yeah. listening to this. And I think what you said is my stress capacity and all of our stress capacity is already so high and everything that we're dealing mm. with. Okay, Meg, I didn't even tell you this. <laughs> okay, so the first Wednesday in January, the insurrection happens. The second Wednesday mm -hmm. in January, the impeachment trial happens. The third Wednesday in January is the inauguration. The fourth Wednesday in January is when I found lice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
my gosh. January had it out for you, my friend. Oh, my word. (laughs) Wednesdays in 2021, not my favorite days of the week. So, yeah, I was emotionally capped and stressed out. Yes. And I really think that sometimes you just got to let things go. You just got to wave your white flag Mm. Mm -hmm. and pay the money. Mm -hmm. That's actually a perfect segue into my next one. I'm just going to tell y'all this real fast because this is the most embarrassing thing I think I've ever confessed on Sorta Awesome. I can't wait. I think after I tell you, it's like not that big of a deal, but it is pretty embarrassing habit I've come up with for myself. After I tell you, you can confirm or deny if this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever shared because girl, I I have shared some stuff on here. You shared some epic things. I can't imagine that this would be, but go ahead. Okay. So a thing begins to happen as you get older, when you're a woman, your hormones begin to shift and things start changing in the body. This Mm -hmm. is actually something that's not brand new to me, but one of those things that happens is sometimes you get hair growing in on your face where you didn't have hair Uh on your face before Uh as a woman. So this has been going on a while. I was like, when did this start? It's been a while. I have a couple of patches, Rebecca, on my face that are determined determined i wish i had the determination of the whisker growth in these patches on my face i wish i could translate that determination into my regular life because these whisker hairs they will not be stopped so i have one patch right here like at the very edge of my lip like a little mini mustache Uh just on one little spot here and then one under my chin right here rebecca i go after these all the time with tweezers Do you remember in the face shaving segment, the famous slash infamous face shaving segment of episode 26, The Truth About Anxiety, where Laura was talking about shaving her face Mm -hmm. and she was like, basically in our follow-up conversations, it was like, if you think, if you are like asking, should I shave my face? Like you maybe probably don't need to. Like if you need to shave your face, you probably know that you need to. You've got some hair growth happening. Okay. Well, I've entered into that stage. I'm like, should I shave this? Should I keep plucking it? It is unstoppable. It keeps coming back no matter what I do to try to remove the hair. And it's multiple hairs. It's not like one stubborn one that keeps poking through. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is this the embarrassing confession that you have some patches? Not even there yet. Okay. (laughs) That's a normal part of life. Again, I'm not here to shame any facial hair. It's a normal part of being a human. That part is fine. I understand it. It bothers me Mm -hmm. that I cannot keep it under control no matter how much plucking I'm a little too lazy for shaving. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe shaving is the answer. But so what happens is I just get fatigued with these patches of hair growth. And so then I just let them grow out. And then this is the embarrassing part. Then it's become sort of like self-comfort thing to just kind of like feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Just like kind of reach up. And if I'm like stressed or even if I'm just bored, just kind of like, oh, feeling my my facial growth here. Meg is lovingly caressing the side <laughs> of her lip. Yes, yes. I made the big mistake of telling Kyle that this was bothering me. And I did the same thing to him. And I was like, and so then I just end up like feeling it. it's become a self-comforting habit. Well, it bothers Kyle a lot that I do that. So now he will literally call me out. He'll be like, stop rubbing your whiskers. <laughs> stop rubbing your whiskers. <laughs> and it's really become truly this habit. So then I'll pluck it and then again, everything grows back in. It's like, I will literally pluck it in the next morning. It's back. How is that possible? How is that anatomically possible that 
these whiskers are growing back in so quickly. I don't know. And so I just get tired. And then I just find myself doing the whole thing again of just like, hmm, yep, it's back. (laughs) (laughs) That's truly the most mortifying thing I think I've ever shared. I don't know what to say. It's kind of like thumb sucking, but it's whisker rubbing. Thank you. That's exactly the issue. And I'm 43. I should not need a self-comfort habit like thumb sucking, but here we are. Here we are. So I don't know if you all who are listening, (laughs) this is why it ties back in. (laughs) You're all just catching up to me. I just... (laughs) I know. I know. You're like, but okay, this is actually whiskers and aging body. Oh, but wait, feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) But this is how it ties back into your life story. Like maybe I need to go to the next level of hair removal on my face. I just don't know what to do. What do you do after you've been plucking and shaving and it still is coming back? Do I need to go to a dermatologist or some other professional to have it dealt with? (laughs) (laughs) Not what I was thinking of, but maybe so. Maybe this is the thing that will push me over. No, well, sure. I I think if it really bothers you and if it's causing some maybe unhealthy habits in other areas of your life now, I don't think it would be that expensive to just do a small patch. Especially, you're not even talking about doing your entire upper lip. So I don't know. And maybe you would. I don't know. But get some pricing. That's a good idea. I don't even know where to start. So if you're listening and you know what my next step should be that is beyond plucking and shaving, please reach out and let me know. Because I'm like Rebecca. I will pay some money to have this dealt with so I can eliminate this very weird and gross habit I've developed for myself. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you guys, believe it or not, we still have even more things to confess. We're going to share our last confessions with you. God bless America. (laughs) What could they even be at this point (laughs) when we come right back? Oh my goodness, friends, you know, between managing online school, trying to make it on time for online work meetings, making sure everyone's doing their homework and their chores, making sure I'm doing my chores, I am lucky to eat any breakfast in the morning, let alone a healthy one. But good news, that's why there's Kenko. Kenko makes seriously nutritious smoothies for seriously busy people. Now, expensive store-bought smoothies are often packed with sugar. They are like calorie bombs. Their fresh pressed juices have way less fiber. But Kenko's breakfast smoothies are only made from organic whole fruits and vegetables. They are flash frozen, slow dried to lock in all that fiber and all of those nutrients. Nothing is added and no fiber is taken out. Kenko smoothies are incredibly easy to make. You don't even need a blender, no juicer, nothing. You pour the Kenko packet into your water or your favorite milk. You shake it up and you are ready to take on the day. Go to Kenko.com, take their quick nutrition quiz and fill out your flexible monthly order with your choice of 15 functional flavors that match your goals and taste. Plus, each Kinko smoothie costs less than three bucks and packs half of the daily fruits and vegetables that you need to reduce 
the risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and some cancers. I got to try a bunch of different flavors of Kinko smoothies. I loved the purples one, which is anti-inflammatory. It's packed with all kinds of berries and dates. It's so easy to mix these up, you guys. I cannot emphasize that strongly enough, and they truly do taste great. So start creating healthy habits right now. Go to kenko.com awesome. Pick out your flexible monthly plan and the first 100 awesome listeners will get 25% off of your first order. That's kenko.com awesome. You get 25% off, but only if you're one of the first 100. You love this show. We love you. So you get this special deal. 25% off the first 100 listeners at kenko.com awesome. Okay, awesomes, if you're anything like me, I know that you are looking for happy and healthy ways to de-stress in the midst of daily life. One of my favorite ways to do that is by playing Best Fiends. Best Fiends is free to download and it has a world full of lovable characters, thousands of levels, and more content that gets added all the time. I've been playing for a few months now and I'm totally always checking my phone for that latest update. Now, I'm not somebody who considers myself a gamer. In fact, I have hardly any games on my phone, but Best Fiends is so much fun and it actually does help me to de-stress while I'm keeping my mind sharp with the fun and challenging puzzles they put together. Like I said, I've been playing for months and it's definitely one of those games where you just want to kind of keep playing one more level and then you're like, okay, no, wait, one more level, one more level. And you're having such a great time, you don't realize how much you are actually relaxing at the same time. Another great thing is I talked one of my daughters into putting it on her phone so that we could have a little friendly competition between the two of us. If you have teenagers, you know how very awesome it is to find something that you can bond with them over. And Best Fiends has definitely been that way for us. With Best Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that. There are literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect while you play. So Awesomes, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Okay, Rebecca, one more each that we want to share with the Awesomes. If anyone's even still listening after our lice discussion and our (laughs) weird, weird whisker rubbing fetish discussion, then... Here we go. Last ones. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Okay. So my last confession is that a book completely broke me during the Super Bowl. I even sent Meg a text message that I was completely assaulted by a book that I was reading. (gasps) Yes. Okay. So you guys know I'm really into romance. I'm really into these feel-good love stories. I just love, love. And when I get myself hooked into a book, sometimes I just cannot put it down. So it's Super Bowl 2021. We're not going anywhere, being with anybody. That's the fun for me of the Super Bowl. Like, I don't care about the actual game. I just want to be with the people and eat the good food. So as soon as we were done, just here at home, eating our wings and having some fun with that, I excused myself to go dive into my book. And I spent the entire Super Bowl in bed (laughs) reading a book. And Meg, they broke up. And when I tell you this affected me emotionally. (laughs) Oh, no. Are you going to cry right now? No, stop it. You're teasing me, but I could. I truly thought that you were going to get tears in your eyes right now. Maybe it's the glare. I don't know. I can't (laughs) tell across the screens, but I really thought that we were headed down that path. I mean, I'm not crying yet, but like I could. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was so upset about this book. Okay, so my husband calls me from downstairs. He says, hey, the halftime show is going to start because he knows that that's like the only part that I'm even mildly interested in. So I go downstairs. I sit downstairs. Grace crawls onto my lap. We're watching. I start crying in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the halftime show. In the middle of the weekend <laughs> performance. I was moved to tears. No, I just couldn't stop thinking about the book. I was so upset about this epic breakup that was happening in my book. And Grace turns and catches my eye and sees the tears streaming down her mother's face and looks at me with concern. And I say to her, I'm just really upset about my book. <laughs> and, she, and she looks at me and she, bless her heart. She's like, oh, it's okay, mom. And she kind of just like rubs my arm. And I just sit there crying watching the halftime show. Then fast forward, the game is over. I finished the book, but for some reason, okay, this is not the first time that my husband has caught me crying in my bathroom about fictional characters. This has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> the first time it happened was when a character on The Good Wife was killed. I was just about to ask you if that was the first time, in fact, that this happened. Kate's like, I'm so glad this is how we do things now. <laughs> that time he walks in and I tell him that somebody dies and then I have to tell him that it's not somebody that we actually know but it's a character on a television show and he lovingly just wraps his arms around me and says I'm yeah. so sorry for your loss he's such a good man so this time he walks in on me on the bathroom I'm crying again and I hug him and he's like what's wrong I said I'm just I'm just so glad you didn't break up with me this is just <laughs> This is just such a sad book and they broke up and I just, I really don't want you to break up with me. Oh my goodness. Hey. Yes. Okay. What is yeah. wrong with me? Are you going to tell us this book? No, because it was it? awful. I don't want anybody else to experience this. And I have recommended books before that have a bad ending. Yeah, this must be like, on the level of super bad then, because you have recommended with the content warning, listen, right. it gets a little rocky. No, this is worse than that. Yeah, I feel like we're in new territory. I recommended this book to a real life friend of mine. I sent her a text message and said, hold on, maybe don't start that yet. I'm finishing it tonight, but maybe don't read it. I talked to her the next day over Voxer. I cried again, telling her all oh, no. the reasons why she shouldn't read the book. Then... Another friend of mine, an internet friend, whom I've never spoken to before on the phone, we exchanged phone numbers just so that we could talk about this book. And we spoke for over an hour about the horror what? of this book. <laughs> what? You literally had your first phone call with an internet friend to cry about the book. Yeah. I'm a mess, Meg. I'm a mess. But you know what? <laughs> I'm blaming it on the pandemic. I'm blaming it on lice. That's this fine. happened not that long yep. after lice, like days yep. after lice. Like when you're so okay. yes. stressed, how yes. are you supposed to stop crying once you start? It's impossible. Well, then it sounds like this book brought some much needed emotional catharsis for you so that you could just cry it out. Right? That's yeah. what I'm telling Nate. And I did. If he asks me what happened here. <laughs> But you know what? He's not going to ask because he knows 
his wife is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nate. We love Nate. He's the best. He is the best. He accepts me in all my insanity. If I do ever need some emotional catharsis, I will force you behind the scenes to give you the name of the book, but only if I need to have an emotional breakdown so I could go on with my life. Okay. Okay. You've been warned. It's an awful book. I recommend it to no one, but you've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) Zero out of 10. Would not recommend. That's so great. Okay. Well, my last confession is remarkably more lighthearted than that. So (laughs) maybe we can end on a little bit more positive note. I don't know. Here's my last confession, you guys. I have been on the record for years as a self-proclaimed embracing of this term, coffee snob. Okay. I love coffee Mm -hmm. and I love really good coffee. I learned to drink good coffee and to drink it black and to appreciate the flavor profiles, the taste, the palate, all of those things. I learned it years ago when I was a barista at Starbucks. How much more authentic training can you get, right? (laughs) You sound so snobby right now. (laughs) (laughs) I really am so snobby about coffee. That's why That's the context you need to know for this confession. Okay. Rebecca, in the past few months, I would say since late last fall, I have developed another new habit, not just strangely, weirdly rubbing the whiskers on my face. I have developed a habit of stopping for gas station coffee whenever I'm out and about. Gas station station coffee. coffee. Yes. Gas station coffee, literally like 7-Eleven coffee. There is a 7-Eleven across the street from Nico's school, from his daycare. So I'm there every morning. I'm by myself. I drop him off. And it's like the 7-Eleven is like, you know what we've got? Bad coffee. (laughs) You know what you can put in bad coffee that you would not put into your fancy, snobby coffee? It's all kinds of flavored, like creams and flavor syrups. Do you like syrup? We've got syrup. Like they have Mm. the whole coffee bar. Welcome to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot tell you how surprised I am at myself. I know for a lot of people, the joy of coffee is you have your sort of like your regular coffee and then you add your flavored creamers and you switch out your creamers based on the season, all of this stuff. I understand that that is a thing in coffee land. It is not a thing. Literally, Rebecca, I'm not even kidding when I say this. From the time I started working at Starbucks and went to their little coffee trading school, when I was like 22, 23, I have not put creamer in my coffee. Sometimes I might do a splash of real cream, but that's very rare. I'm like really obsessed with the flavor, the experience of coffee. So for decades, I have not been in that world of flavored creamer, of flavored syrups. What? I don't know what happened. You were like the book that you were talking about. You feel like it broke you. I feel like 7-Eleven coffee broke me in some deep way. So how did the first cup even happen? Like what possessed you? Was it a moment of insanity? Like how did you go in and think, you know what? Never in my life have I done this, but today, today's the day. (laughs) I think what happened is I had stopped in there. I had promised the kids I would bring them home some donuts. Here's the thing too. I know for a lot of places like Dunkin' Donuts is a big part of the culture. We have two Dunkin' Donuts that I'm aware of in all of Oklahoma City. And the line is always like literally down the street. I never mess with that for Dunkin' Donuts. But at our 7-Eleven that's across the street from Nico's Daycare, 
they have a full case of perfectly fine donuts. And I think I had gone in there to get donuts for the kids. And I'm guessing, as I remember back, that it was one of those mornings where maybe we'd had a little bit of a rough night with Nico. I needed a little extra boost of coffee. And I just got a cup while I was grabbing the donuts. And then I was like, oh, like one of those moments where a heavenly light shines down, <laughs> array of add-ins and creamers and an angelic chorus started singing and was like, what if you did this? And I think like I felt permission because I was like, this is without a doubt, this is crappy coffee. This is bad coffee. It's 7-Eleven coffee. But since it's already bad coffee, what if you made it better bad coffee with these variety of creamers that they have for you to choose from? And don't forget the syrups. And also they have sugar-free syrup. I don't know if that's actually truly sugar-free, but it makes me feel better as I'm adding it to my bad coffee. So... That confession right there is actually what made me say to you, let's do a confession show because every single time I'm getting myself this crappy coffee that I am now addicted to, I'm like, who even am I? I don't even know who I am. I have become somebody new in the midst of this pandemic, somebody who drinks gas station coffee and likes it. So do you prefer it now? I've come to prefer it in the mornings. Again, this has all become a very much a ritual, a habit, a thing that it's a brand new thing I've built in my life. For my other coffee of the day, first cup in the morning when I wake up, we usually have a small cup for dessert after dinner. I still want my good coffee then. But that post-Nico drop-off, getting ready to start the work of the day, I have come to prefer the bad gas station coffee. Okay, Meg, this is taking a little spin here. You might want to edit all this out, but you're drinking coffee after supper. Are you still taking melatonin to fall asleep at night? I mean, do you... Oh, I don't. Some of my kids do. Not okay. all of them. Some of my kids do. I've never needed melatonin. Oh, okay. I, maybe this is such an Enneagram 9 thing. I am one of those people who I fall completely asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow to the point where it's hard to watch shows or movies in the evening because I will fall asleep. Okay. I'm remembering that incorrectly. I just was so appalled at the idea of having coffee after supper it would keep me so wide awake okay well yeah. meg this i mean are you going to buy some you, some no. creamer <laughs> at the grocery store no because again i feel like my justification for doing your seasonally appropriate flavored creamers is because you're adding it to bad coffee and we don't have bad coffee at home we have good coffee so i feel like it's i don't know how some people like to get their $5 Starbucks coffee to start their day. I feel the same way, except I spend like 99 cents. On it. <laughs> and it's awesome. Oh, my word. Your logic so, is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe a little. Not a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to put yeah. in the creamer because I the understand that. <laughs> that I continue to buy yep. and drink. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love yes. it. Oh my goodness. So those are our, just our most recent confessions. Don't you worry because we will do other things to create more confession-worthy episodes for you. But those were some of the ones that we thought would be fun to share with you guys this week. So Rebecca, if anybody wants to track you down to talk about lice treatments or oh, please don't breaking <laughs> books or like <laughs> any of the things we've talked about today, where can we find you all around the web? Well, my website is simplyrebecca.com and I'm all over social media at Simply Rebecca. 
my favorite place is Instagram. So you can find me most active there. Okay, awesome. You can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg in all of the places. Sorta Awesome, the show is everywhere too. Search at Sorta Awesome Show wherever you are looking for things. You'll be able to find us there. You can also find Awesome Today in all of the places where you listen to your podcasts and we're on YouTube as well. So I think that's everything for us this week. I would love to hear some confessions from the Awesomes. So track us down and tell us what you are confessing these days. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.